Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay. I'm your host. And this week, we got a special guest host. Uh, Hannah is uh, not out of commission uh, or anything like that, but my I have my friend uh, co-hosting with me this week, Evan Burke. Dusty Slay, great to see you. All right. Good to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting. Evan just recorded a, uh, an album and put out a special called Twice Removed. So it's been doing well. He posted it on YouTube and it's just been racking up the views. So I was like, well, let's go on here. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about some stuff. Me and Evan have recorded several podcasts together that we never release, but I'm always trying to like have cigars out in the garage and the lighting's weird and the sound's bad. Now we're in the studio so we're gonna make it happen one of these days though we're gonna go through those videos and be like this is gold and then yeah. we're gonna put those out because uh some fun stuff happened on those i agree those are good yeah yeah we were gonna do a series of all the i don't know all our years in comedy or something like that Yeah, just like those beginning years of just like figuring out what we were doing on the yeah. road in charleston just putting putting shows together yeah because we kind of started comedy around the same time so, um, so we just thought we'd get on here, talk about it. Um, me and Hannah, this might be a bonus episode. I don't know. Me and Hannah still may do a podcast. I this love week. Hannah on the podcast, by the yeah. way. Shout out to Hannah. So, yeah, I mean, Hannah came back with a bang. You know, we started the podcast together, then she kind of like quit comedy and then didn't want to do the podcast. And then I was just kind of bumbling along for a couple of years, you know, just trying to keep it going. And then Hannah popped back in with some fire. Yeah. It's really great. Brought the heat. It's yeah. great. So I got big shoes to fill. I know that. Yeah. Well, last week we talked about Bagelicious a little bit. Have you, to. And you took me to Bagelicious. Have to. Yeah. I saw you guys talking about deli pickles and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, listen, Bagelicious, Marietta, Georgia. Shout out to the Corolla family, keeping that thing alive. Well, that's where I learned about these pickles. These just salty pickles. There's no dill in there. I mean, yeah. they have some, but not all of them are dill pickles. Did you ever know about like pickles out of the barrel? Like New York? Man, I remember. I don't think so. New York. I went when I was like five or six, and we were just walking along the street, and uh, we came across some guy who just had these big barrels, these big like wood barrels, what you put like whiskey in, whatever. Yeah. And the guy just had like ten different types of pickles, made them all kind of differently, and I don't know. From a young age, I always thought New York was known for having pickles in a barrel, so I would always just, talk to people about New York and and just getting old. Pickle out of a barrel from a stranger in New York City. So people would bring up New York to me, and I'm like, oh, pickles in a barrel. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I must have just gone yeah. down the one street that had that. Yeah, you're lucky to be alive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Nobody's ever talked to me about pickles in a barrel. Dude, pickles in a barrel is a big thing in my family. I remember pickles in a jar at an old country store, you know, in my dad's town. You know, big jar. He had pickles. He had, he had pickled eggs. I think he had pickled pig's feet in there, too. Man, I, you know what I can't get behind, though? The pickles in a pouch. I don't know if you've seen those at, like, gas stations. Oh, it's just yeah. a bag with a pickle in it. I can't do it. I don't really like anything in a pouch like that. They'll, some people have the cheese sticks, you know what I mean, inside a little pouch. Yeah. Even I'm not down with that. Yeah. Just like a little, like, flappy kind of cheese. I don't know what you would call it. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> yeah. a little thing of cheese. I don't like it. But, um, 
So I yeah. So Bagelicious to me, the name Bagelicious never really. Uh, it felt like it wasn't the best name to me for what it was. Right. Because you feel like, uh, you know, what was that in Charleston? They had a a, a bagel company. They had a uh, was it Bagel Nation? Bagel Nation, maybe. Brugger's Bagels was nah, the. It was, was not like a chain. Einstein's. Not a chain. Closer to a Bagel Nation, but it just felt like you know they had some sandwiches and stuff, and it was pretty good. That feels like a Bagelicious. Right. Bagelicious is like a legit deli. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a, a, a corned beef bagel. Oh, is it pastrami bagel? You probably get both. You can get them both. But a pastrami yeah. bagel, that's what I was getting yeah. in there. I mean, I had Bagelicious when my body was just blocked up, man. I was, I, I was going around. I was, we were on a tour. I was saying my body was toxic. I was getting all these zits on my face. My body was so b- blocked up. I took X-Lax and nothing was moving. I mean, it was like, I was like, I took X-Lax and I was like, all right, get ready, guys. This is going to be a real blowout tonight. And then nothing <laughs> happened. It was like my body was toxic. And uh, and so I'll tell you what, though, that did not happen this weekend. Let's do a little where we've been, where we're going. Let's do it. Where we've been. I just went to Portland, Maine, not Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine. And uh, I never been to Maine. I, you know, and I was actually looking because I saw that. Was this a show maybe planned last minute? I, I looked at your your like summer lineup tour dates i didn't see it on there yeah it wasn't necessarily last minute but it was added later okay in fact i had to move a weekend of shows to do it which i hated to do but i had never been to maine and i wanted to go your first time there yeah i've been wanting to go i felt a calling when i quit drinking in 2012 i felt a calling to go to maine but i never went yeah and now i finally gone i don't know that I mean, I expected it, to see something. I expected something to click with me and be like, yes, this it, is why I'm here. Yeah, did it live up to the hype? Did you do anything like maritime related? Well, I was right on the way. I did, I don't know, I feel like it, I had built it up too much because I rented a hotel. It was a waterfront hotel, uh, but it was like fancy, kind of on the water. Like across the street right. was the harbor, but there was also buildings in front of the harbor. So I wasn't like necessarily waterfront. And my room was on the other side of the hotel. Right. So I was just looking out over a parking lot. I could have been anywhere. <laughs> right. right. But the first day I got there, I landed uh, and I, I could tell it was raining. So I was a little bummed when I landed. And then I got off the plane to discover that my bag never got loaded in Nashville. So my bag's still in Nashville. So the guy picking me up offers to take me to the mall. uh, And I go, okay, great. And he wanted me to Google. He didn't know how to get to the mall. He wanted me to look it up. And he goes, he goes, it's main, it's the main mall in South Portland. And I'm like thinking to myself, the main mall. The main mall. I don't know any of these malls. Right. I don't know which one's the main one, which one's the not Aren't main one. Aren't they all the main mall? Right. But we're that's when I realized we're talking about Maine. M A M I M, you know, Maine with an E. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I got some clothes and uh, then I walked around a little bit. It was real rainy. Anyway, the point, let's get to the point. How, how was that? 2023, you are literally going to the mall to get like a whole new wardrobe. I mean, that that's a throwback well, activity. I, it, it is. Well, especially because I just needed to get one outfit, right? Because I, I thought if the bag doesn't come, I got to do a show. 
right? So I need one outfit. I got stuff I'm wearing. So I just got that and it was all good. And American Airlines may reimburse me. That would be very nice. First store you went to at the mall to get these clothes, where'd you go? I went to Eddie Bauer. I never seen an Eddie Bauer store. I like Eddie Bauer. I bought a corduroy shirt. Nice, nice. And then I went to classic JCPenney. Underwear, socks, t-shirts, some jeans. Right, right. You know? I don't know why I figured there'd be like a Levi or a Wrangler in there. I couldn't find a Levi's. We are in Maine. I don't know what, that's L.L. Bean country up there. Right, right, right. Patagonia. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, So I walked around a little bit. The next day, I got more to say about it, but I want to say this one thing. I went to this place called Becky's Diner. Pretty famous local place. This was all poop related here. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and I had my breakfast, and it was good. It was really good. You know, diner stuff. And uh, and then I went back to my hotel for a bit, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for a walk. I put on some shorts. It was a sunny day. I'm out walking around, and all of a sudden, I started feeling in my stomach, and I'm like, oh no, I gotta poop. And I don't want to be too graphic, but it didn't feel like it was going to be as solid as I'd like it to be. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> I'm walking around, but I'm like, I try to go into a hotel and I was just going to, you know, because if you're driving along and you stop at an interstate and you see a hotel, you can walk into that place. As long as you look like you know what you're doing, find the bathroom. Pretend like you're use staying it. there. Yeah. Or pretend like you're, you know, maybe there to see someone that stays in one exactly. of those rooms for something. Yeah. Exactly. So I go in, I do that, I find the bathroom, but they got it rigged. The key card has to go in there, right? So I'm like, oh no. So I just keep walking though. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be fine. I'll find a coffee shop or I'll find a restaurant. I'll find something, but I keep walking. And and then all of a sudden, it, it, I'm just like, oh no, I gotta go. I gotta do it right now. And I pull up my phone to see how long it is to my hotel. It's a 10 minute walk. I'm like, I go, I go, I can do it. I can do 10. I get one more block and then I like lean up against a building. I'm like, I I'm like, I can't, I can't make it. People are walking by you. You're like, hey, I'm sweating. (laughs) You're like, it's hot. hot." (laughs) And I finally see this visitor center booth and I go up to that lady. Basically, no, not basically. I hat in hand. I took my hat off. And I walked up to her. I go, do you know where there's a public restroom? I said, I real, I'm really in a tight spot right here. And, and she was so nice. She goes, I don't think they care if you use that bathroom and that coffee shop in there. And so I go to the coffee shop. I go right to the bathroom. There's three people in line. And there's a guy in there. I don't know. They he's, take forever at the coffee shops. Anyone that's using the yeah. bathroom at a coffee shop, it's not number one. It yeah. never is. No, they're drinking coffee. They're blowing it out in there. You know what I mean? And this guy, uh, finally, I'm standing in line and there's a really like unhappy looking girl there. And I just said to her, because you can see on the door, it has that thing where when they lock it on the inside, it says in use on the outside. So I could tell it's locked. But I go, I say, did they, did the person in there know that people are waiting out here? Because I'll give a little knock. Right. You you know, you know, they'll, they'll take their sweet time in there. Like, unless somebody does come and give like a, you know, two knocks thing. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll assume no one's out there. Right. There's no need to bang on the door, but you give it a little knock, knock. And then right. the person goes, okay, I need to wrap it up. Right. I, you know, I did to close down my phone, close down social media, get out of here. 
And so she said, yeah, she said, yes, that someone knew. She gave me a real irritated look like she was irritated with me asking that question. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm about to poop myself right now. I don't care if you're irritated with me. And then finally they went. But as the line went along, people were also lining up behind me. And I was just like, oh, I hate this for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And you're even doing the mental thing in your mind. You're like, well, from me, you've got another 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I hope you don't have to go anytime soon. And it was a real lifesaver because uh, I got, did get in there and I did not poop my pants. It was a real lifesaver. But I was afraid to walk around the rest of the day. So I did my touring for the day. I saw the water. I saw some restaurants. And I was like, that was it. Did you get a coffee on the way out? Oh, no. I, well, you know, normally I would. Normally I would be like, thank you for letting me use the bathroom. But I felt like, I felt so embarrassed. Right. That I was like, I just got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah I got to get out of here. I can't risk the person that was in line behind me for the bathroom getting in line behind me getting coffee. You know right, what I mean? Right. Because I thought, said to myself, if I poop my pants out here, I'm wearing shorts. There's nowhere for it to go. No. I can't even do the show. If I poop my, I'm going, just going to go home because I can't risk someone being at the show that saw me poop my pants on the street. Right. And you don't have your bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a You're mess. with minimal resources. Yeah. My bag did end up coming the next day. Yeah. But it was fun. Portland was fun. I had great shows. I had never been there before. It reminded me a lot of Charleston. Nice. Uh, real, real Charleston kind of vibe. Was it cold? Hot? What's Portland like in the summer? It was not cold, but at one time I pulled up my uh, weather app on my phone and it was on a city in Tennessee where I was just at, Murfreesboro, where I was at the last time I checked my the weather. So I pulled it up and it said 92 in Murfreesboro and then it adjusted to where I am now in Maine and went to 72. Oh, wow. So a good oh, 20 nice. degrees colder. Yeah, and that's perfect summertime weather. That's what you want. It was great. I mean, I just sat outside at night and smoked cigars. Where did you perform in Maine? At a place called Aura. Uh, or Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a theater. They mainly do music. Sounds like a hookah lounge. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot going on. Yeah. They had a... It was a nice place, but they had a... a like a... Ba like, to get my check at the end of the night, they were like, oh, we'll take you down to see the, the manager. And we had to go downstairs, and then we went through like a dance club in the basement. <laughs> it, was like, it felt like it was in Ace Ventura 1, you know, when he goes to see that scientist, yeah. Yeah. and he has to go through that heavy metal club. That's what it felt like. I was like, this is the way to get to the manager. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? This weird kind of nightclub. Um, and, but it was good. And uh, Portland's great. It reminded me of Charleston. They had a lot of brick streets, really old, right on the water kind of stuff. Um, I liked it. Nice. I could get into it. Shut up, man. I've never been up there. I'd love to go again and have a car and see more of rural Maine. Mm -hmm. um, one Uber driver I had, I couldn't find anywhere to smoke cigars inside, and it was raining. So I found a place in South Portland that that you could smoke in. So I got an Uber down there, and the guy was real old. He seemed like a real redneck dude. And I thought, oh, this is good, because I wanted to talk to a Maine guy. Right. I wanted to get some info. But what I found is Maine people, they're really not trying to talk to you a lot. <laughs> you know, like in the South, people can't wait to talk to you. Right, right. Not really trying to talk to you in Maine. 
Yeah, they're like, I got a boat I got to go get on right now. Yeah. Got to go this, sailing. This guy was like, I live out in the country. And I go, I'm just trying to find a place out here to go smoke. He goes, I didn't think there was any places to smoke inside in the whole state. And I go, well, yeah, I was at this place earlier because the guy <laughs> that took me to the mall took me there to buy cigars. Yeah. And then uh, now I'm going back. And he is, and I go, yeah, this place out here, let you smoke. He goes, they won't even let me smoke in the Uber here. And he said, people were complaining about it. <laughs> this is the Uber driver? Yeah. It just cracks me up that this guy's like picking up rides in the Uber and just lighting up in there. He's just like, oh, yeah. And then getting mad at them for having a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, well, I don't care if you smoke. And he's like, oh, I never smoked in this truck before. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about now, dude. <laughs> Do you smoke at all? <laughs> but it was good. So, um, so that's where we've been. Nice. And and I'm not going anywhere this weekend. I got the weekend off. What are you gonna do? Um, I think we're gonna go out to the cabin for awesome. a few days. We're gonna go hang out there. We got we're getting some work done out there. Uh, just doing stuff, you know. So nice. that's exciting. Any of those uh, seeds we planted turned into anything down there by the uh, by the creek? <sighs> I don't know. I, you know, I've not even been down to the creek the last couple of times because, oh, oh, the garden. No, I've not been down there at all. Yeah. It was really growing up big time. Was it? Yeah, oh, like great. in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> and now I'm like a little worried to go down there right now. The heat, the, the, the peak of summer. Yeah. Worried about snakes down there. And I'm just like, you know what? I just staying up here at the house, but I'll be there a few days next week. So I will go down there and just see what's happened. Cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, see what's going on. I bet Maybe we, I bet something's some growing. Yeah. There's got to be something. Yeah. Maybe this huge watermelon's down right. there. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe they're just waiting on me. I don't know. Yeah. But that's exciting. Nice. So, all right. So that's the where we've been, where we're going. That gets us in to, uh, to, to what we're going to talk about. I've been hogging the mic, but we're going to let Evan do some talking here. Uh, typically the podcast, uh, you know, Hannah just gives commentary to yeah. me just talking and talking. Yeah. Um, but I got you on here as a guest. So I want you to, you know, I want you to be able to talk. Yeah, I don't want to just talk the whole time. Yeah, let's talk. Well, say some stuff. So, you know, what I did was I took some notes because I've listened to your album, watched your special. It's very good. Thank you. I like it a lot. I've listened to the album a few times and the special looks really good. You Thank know? You. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, shout out to the team who uh, who filmed it: Matthew Crosby, the director; Mike Purcell, the audio engineer; Marie uh, Cecile Anderson, executive producer. I mean, just some of the people who uh, you're really the king of shout outs. You yeah, know what I mean? Got to Michael Scott <laughs> Evans on the <laughs> yeah. thumbnail and the yeah. the the album art. Well, take a little credit for yourself. It's a good album. You wrote good jokes, and um, and it looks good. Thank you. And you I know think, what I mean? Thanks for checking it out and. Yeah. Everyone that's already watched it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I know, I know you, so I don't have to pretend like I'm interviewing somebody that I don't know. And we've already done podcasts around all of these subjects, but I want to, you know, I know the first time you did comedy and I would yeah. like, well, uh, you were, you were there physically. Yes. <laughs> Mentally. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, I was around. I was yeah. hosting an open yeah. mic, but uh, yeah, I was drinking. I was letting loose, you know? So, but, but talk to, you know, and you talk about this on the album, so I don't want you to give away your joke, but what, what led you to doing comedy? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I do talk about it a little bit on the album, but it was a combination of being on my high school's debate team and 
being in a car accident, like on my way to a debate tournament. So like being on the debate team got me into just public speaking. And part of high school debate is there's an acting component. So you're doing like theater and you're doing comedy sketches and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, I got into this car accident. And so, and that was, would have been, were you any good at debate? I was very good at debate. Yeah. Um, I was very good at debate. Actually, the first, my first introduction to debate was my my Spanish teacher in ninth grade kind of recruited me. Okay. I didn't want to join the debate team, but I was very uh, loud and I was kind of the class clown. Um, and so he, after class one day, was like, have you ever thought about doing debate team? Um, and I was like, no, but... My I'll, Spanish teacher got pregnant out. and quit. Yeah. Yeah. And yours is giving you, giving you uh, career opportunities. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And so the first thing that I ever did in high school debate was this thing called dramatic interpretation. Uh, and it has actually nothing to do with debating or arguing. What you actually do is you basically take a play or a movie, some sort of script, and you condense it into a 10-minute monologue that you perform like the entire thing. So how can you tell an entire story that right now is written across 90 to hundred pages into 10 minutes. And he chose my debate um, coach chose the screenplay extra book, extremely loud and incredibly close. Okay. Um, which I don't know if you're familiar with it, but basically yeah. it's a story about nine 11. Okay. And it's about an autistic child whose father worked in the world trade centers and on Jeez, September and on September 11th, this boy decided to cut class and cut school and his parents didn't know. And while he's home playing hooky, his father's in the World Trade Centers, he gets hit by the plane. His dad calls home multiple times to try and talk to the family one last time, but the boy doesn't answer because he doesn't want the dad to know that he's been cutting class. Oh, no. So there are these four voicemails Gosh, that get left is... on this the answering terrible. machine. So yeah. the boy steals the answering machine. And then he ends up going on some kind of like scavenger hunt. Some notes are left by the dad. There's like a key involved. They ended up making a movie uh, with Tom Hanks. <laughs> Extremely loud and incredibly close. Yeah, it makes um, sense. But Tom I Hanks did, plays all the roles like that. He's Anytime there's like, hey, uh, we got a reenactment of some kind of true <laughs> events here. You guys, where's Tom at? Tom, totally. you want to do this? Can we rewrite history with Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and get yeah. him in here. But basically, the it's first like we're time living out Forrest Gump. Like Forrest <laughs> Gump was Forrest Gump was everywhere in the past, and now Tom Hanks is everywhere in, in the, the future. future. Yeah. Wow. He's oh, taken over. Yeah. Oh, old Sullivan. He. That's another movie he did. Oh, Sully. Based, loo, uh, loosely based on a real story. Um, we, I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um. But no. So the first time I ever look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. That's what he says. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I never saw the movie. Uh. But the first time I ever went to a debate tournament to like do this extremely loud, incredibly close, ten minute thing. I won first place. Oh, wow. And it kind of blew my mind. Um, then I started doing some of the more debate type um, of, of stuff, which is, you know, uh, Lincoln Douglas and public forum, which those are actually where there's like a prompt that's like, is civil disobedience good for changing laws in a democracy? Uh, and then you have like a pro and a con, and then you prepare both sides you show up to your debate, you flip a coin, 
and then that's how you know which side you're basically arguing in that oh, okay um but i was very good at debate so i don't like that. that so you would have to potentially defend something you didn't believe in totally yeah totally i mean i like that practice yeah uh but i don't you know it's like it's hard to sell or defend something you don't believe in unless right. you're like a psychopath kind of well and, and now in retrospect like I'm looking at who was judging our debate tournaments. Keep in mind, I'm in Georgia, and it's just parents. Like, oh, yeah. It's just parent chaperones that are judging these rounds that we're doing. And now that I understand how adults think and, like, political yeah. viewpoints and things like that, and I look back at some of the rounds I lost, and I'm like, this guy just couldn't wrap his head around the argument that we were saying. You know, oh, like, yeah. sometimes you think that there's – sort of biases going on there, even in the judging. Yeah, um, this weekend on Friday, I went to a comedy contest because the f three finalists were going to open for me on Saturday. Oh, that's cool. So you went to check it out? That's yeah, cool. so I went to check it out, and the judges were just like, like you're saying, they're just like people in town. Right. They work for the sponsors or their friends. They don't really have any comedy experience. So they're giving scores between 1 and 10, and like the first few people, they're like giving eights to. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you can't start with eights. Right, right. You know what I mean? You started so high that now it seems like if you give someone a seven, like it seems like they're they're trash. Right. You know? Anyway, so totally. I get what you're saying. People, yeah. they don't they don't know what they're judging. Totally. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was good at debate. But you won first place. So I you got to give the judges some credit. Totally. Right? Won first place a few times. And so... You know, I um, I liked it. And then, yeah, my senior year of high school, we were on our way to a tournament. I ended up getting into a car accident. Um, kind of sidelined me a little bit. Um, but my senior year of high school, I spent a lot of time not doing all the things you would normally do your senior year of high school. Like, I couldn't really go what's, on trips with my friends. I couldn't really What's the go chances the that the opposing debate team sabotaged your car and made you guys wreck? Oh, man. Zero percent chance. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. I saw the guy that hit us, and it was just some dude not paying attention behind the wheel. Uh, but potentially yeah. hired though. What potentially could be hired? Could have been hired. Then. Yeah, could have been hired. I don't know how he would have spotted us. Uh, he hit us in Valdosta. We were headed to the University of Florida. Um, but so after high school, and you talk about and you share this whole story mm -hmm. on on your album. Yeah. Um, and special is the, the car wreck story. Yeah. And there's and that just part one, to be honest, there's like a whole nother part that I don't talk about where there were lawsuits. There was a gun in the car that I was in Oh man. Uh, that the police started investigating. Like I was in the hospital about to go into surgery. There are police coming in like, is this your gun? And I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the time, I was worried that they were going to find the weed that was in my bag. Yeah. You know, so that's what I thought they were coming in to talk to me about. But. They didn't find that. Okay. Yeah. All my right. mom did though. And she was pissed. Um, but you're like, Hey, I wasn't driving. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I basically went to college of Charleston about, you know, uh, let's say 10 months later. Cause this accident was in October of 2009. No, 2008 was the accident. 2009. I'm, I'm headed to college of Charleston. How old college. are you? So the accident happened to me when I was 17. Uh, I'm, I'm going to college, going to college at Charleston when I'm 18. So 
basically I get to CFC, I move into my dorm and, um, at the time I'm just feeling this like wave of energy, like this car accident really, uh, injected me with a lot of energy, right? It didn't yeah. necessarily make me negative or, um, anything like that. It actually just motivated me to like actually accomplish something like I, I really appreciated my life. Uh, after this so yeah because you almost died yes. so you're like i'm alive mm -hmm. i'm very happy to be alive so one really profound thing that happened to me was the day that i moved into my college dorm my favorite band of all time oar was playing on daniel island in charleston and my family had tickets to go and because of this kind of rough year that i had had with the car accident my brother reached out to the band and was like hey my brother's had a really rough year we just moved him into college we're coming to your show. Any chance you guys would like, you know, say hello, whatever. Well, they invite us to the meet and greet and I get to meet my favorite band and they're super cool. They're super nice. And one element of this band story, OAR, is that one of their biggest songs, Crazy Game of Poker, actually came out when they were seniors in high school. They recorded it when they were seniors in high school and they kind of went viral. And then they all went to college together at Ohio State and all through college, they gigged. Every backyard party, they did it. Every school event, they could, they did it. Every bar, they did it. They gigged all through college, and I knew that about their story. So when I got to meet them, like the day that I moved into college, they were so nice. They were so cool. You know, growing up, I'd always loved comedy. I loved, you know, the debate stuff. I, um, It just kind of made me think, like, I can... I want to try comedy and my favorite band gigged all through college. And now they're look what they're doing. Let me see what I can do. So I Google places to do comedy in Charleston. I get, I've been at college like a week. Yeah. I Google places, uh, in Charleston to do comedy. Google wasn't even that good back then. No. And, um, and, uh, theater 99 comes up. So I immediately call theater 99. I get Brandy Sullivan on the phone which yeah. shout out to Brandy. She's awesome. And I'm like, hey, I'm new in town. I want to try comedy. Can I do comedy at your club? She goes, well, it, you know, if you want to do shows here, you kind of got to be in our classes, but we do have the Charleston comedy competition coming up, part of the comedy festival, and anyone can do that. And yeah. I was like, really, anyone? I love that, making that money. She's like, listen, you want to do comedy? <laughs> Jump in this fast. She goes, I, I go, anyone? She goes, yeah. I go, how do I sign up? She goes, we just need you to you know, pay us $25. No joke. I walked to Theater 99. Like, I left my dorm while I'm on the phone with her. I'm walking to Theater 99. I show up there, give her my $25. And then I'm like, hey, do you know anywhere where I can, like, practice to do comedy because I've never done comedy. I literally signed up for the competition having never done in 2009. Comedy. That's when in this 2009. is. Yeah. Um, and she goes, yeah, there's a guy in town named Dusty Slay. You should hit him up. He runs a mic, you know, uh, downtown at, and at the, the upper deck at the upper deck. And at the time I didn't really know where anything was. I didn't realize that the upper deck was actually like a one minute walk from my dorm, literally right around the corner. Oh yeah. Like, could not have been closer. Um, so Brandy gives me your number. And as I'm walking back to my dorm from Theater 99, I call you and I'm like, hey, is this Dusty? You're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like, probably I'm drunk. Yeah. I'm like, I want to do some comedy. What do I need to do? You're like, nothing. Just show up 
It's going to be great. Can't wait to meet you. So I'm like ecstatic. I'm excited. I go back to my dorm and I start, you know, all my friends, you know, I start telling them, guys, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to do comedy. You got to come to the upper deck. And everyone got so excited. Uh, it was a Monday night, you know, that we did the open mic. I'm pretty yeah. sure we were all like pre-gaming at the dorm. Everyone was like having beers and stuff. People were yeah. getting really excited. And this bar is a uh, 21 and up bar. You have to be 21 to get into the bar. Yeah. Evan's 18. Yeah. So I show up and luckily I had a fake ID and my fake ID was actually my cousin Michael's real ID that he had given to me. It's still scanned. Hadn't expired yet. He just gave it to me, got a new license. Like, I had the best fake ID. We also look identical. So I show up to the bar. I get in, no problem. But slowly but surely, like, my friends just keep dropping off. Oh, because yeah. Because they either realize, like, they don't have a fake ID or the bartender is kind of realizing what's going on. So I'm, like, just trying to figure out, like, how to not draw attention to myself. Um and just because all I want to do is 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 the mic. Um, so my friends are there. They're watched. My friends that could get in, Kelly, Bennett, uh, I think Britta. Shout out to y'all. Y'all were there that first night. Um, where it was a fun mic you were hosting. Um, and I just remember when I went up, I had a couple of stories that I wanted to tell. One of which is on my album, uh, The Cell Phone Incident. Oh, yeah. Um, I told a version of that the first time that I ever did comedy. Uh, but I just remember being on stage and I just kept going and I just kept going and I just kept going and I just kept talking and I was waiting for someone to tell me to get off. Like, I, again, this was my first time doing comedy. So I didn't and know. I didn't know how to run an open mic. So I didn't know anything about the light. Like, I didn't even know that I was supposed to be looking for the light. I don't I, even think I was doing a light back then. <laughs> right. I was just like, do go up there and do your thing. Like, I didn't know how it was communicated to comics that your time was done. Like, that's how new I was. That's how little communication there was between. Like, we were all just like, it was. It I was, was a, probably out smoking a cigarette. A mic. So I just remember I'm up there. I'm up there and I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. And I. And I did 18 minutes. Wow. First time. First time I just talked for, I remember looking at the video back. I looked at how much time I did. I did 18 minutes and I only got off stage because you walked up the stairs and I was like, well, Dusty's back. So I guess that's my time. And, um, and oh my gosh, I don't think it was, I don't think I was any good. I mean, I think I was. Uh, keeping the audience's attention. Yeah, but nobody's got, really good their first time. But I got the bug that night. I remember calling my mom the next day, just being like, Mom, I'm going to I just nearly did a half hour here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I called my mom, and then I called Comedy Central. I was like, Comedy Central, uh, I think yeah. you need me for your I'm Comedy Central I'm 12 away from presents. a half hour here, and I'm just, this is my first time. But I called my mom, and I said, Mom, I'm going to finish this college thing, but uh, I'm going to be doing comedy the whole time that I'm here, just so you know. And uh, she she at the time was very worried about that. Um, but that's the first time I, I, that I ever did comedy. What did you do? What was your other do joke? Did you do the, uh, the, the jerk it, burk it joke? Yeah, I was doing the jerk it, burk it joke. I was doing a joke about how, uh, my uncle Charlie had given me some, uh, some playboys when I was younger. And then in middle school, I just, I decided to start selling them to yeah. my friends, ripping out pages, making menus, selling them for 50 cents a dollar. And that's real uh, entrepreneurship. 
Yeah, and the slogan to my business was, if you're going <laughs> to jerk it, you might as well burk it. Yeah, great that joke. Was, Real uh, classic. Not yeah. on the special. Did not make the yeah, album. No, no. Other Uncle Charlie jokes did, but not that one. Yeah. And so then we, you would also, we did a bunch of other shows, and I, I, I thought there was a, and see, I didn't remember this. You you reminded me of this, and I thought this was a funny Well, the story. second mic I ever did is also really funny. Yes. Uh, it's when you gave me a ride. Yeah. So again, I'm so new to comedy that after that first open mic, I'm like, I got to keep doing this. I got to keep doing this. So I'm texting people like, where's the next open mic? How are we doing it? And someone was like, oh, it's the next open mic is at 10 roof. It's in West Ashley. And I'm like, oh, well, it's Charleston. It's got to be within walking distance. I'm good. People were like, no, it's not walking distance. You need a ride. I didn't have a car. So I called you. I was like, hey, man, you going to the 10 roof? You were like, yeah. I was like, dude, can I get a ride? You were like, yeah. And again, we were neighbors too yeah. at the time because you lived like right across the street from uh, Upper Deck. Oh, yeah. We were holding downtown down. Um, so again, I'm an 18-year-old kid. I'm new to college. Like all my friends are going to rush parties. They're all like at frat parties. They're all like, and I'm like going to the dive bar to do comedy. So Yeah, and I'm probably 27 or something like that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so you drove me to the mic. Um that was the first time that I ever met Miles uh, Armstrong. Oh yeah, um, who's a really good friend, and um, and I don't think I did well. But the thing that I remember most about that night was uh, you being my ride and you being my ride home, and I just watched you just drink <laughs> and drink and drink and drink. And I just remember going up to you at one point. And I was like, Hey man, uh, you can give me a ride home. Can't you? And you were like, yeah, dude, definitely. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. And I'm like, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, well this dude's like a local here. Like he, if there's one guy that knows how to drunk drive Charleston, it's, it's this guy. And you were right about that. And, uh, you were right about yeah, that. When we got home safe that we night. did, and I drove home from the tin roof many times yeah. like that. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless somebody else was driving, you know, actually, you know, one time I was dating this girl and, uh, tin roof was that night and I got my car towed. And so I had to go get it out of tow. She drove me to get out of tow. It cost me a lot of money. She said, you know what? I'll drive tonight and I'll buy your drinks since you had to pay for all this. And then I think the tab was so high that I think it really freaked her out. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, like, she was like, I had like one drink. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. See, I never drank with you. I always, like, drank around you. I'd always run into you, like, while you were drinking. But we never, like, had a a night where we were keeping up with each other or anything like that. That's true. That's true. We did become better friends after I stopped drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I remember, you know, so that was, like, my my freshman year then, you know, was just doing the upper deck. Like, every Monday night, it was like like Monday night football. It was like... and, And I think... And it's, that's what's so crazy about comedy now, and I guess how it's always been, is that now that whatever scene you're in, there's a lot of, um, you know, talk about you got to do it every night. You got to do it every night. You know, every night there's got to be a mic. When we were doing comedy in Charleston, there was one mic a week. One mic a week and then a monthly mic. And you had, and it was just, just it's just weird to think about like how much pressure we all put on that one night. Oh week. yeah. And it actually made for really great sets it's and people big deal. actually like doing really well because Aziz Ansari did that mic one time. Yeah. It was hot. Yeah. It was hot. Yeah. I'll never forget that. 
Yeah, it was good. He he mm-hmm. he came and said he's going to do the mic. He tweeted about the mic, and then it packed the place packed out. That was the first good set I ever had. Was the night Aziz yeah. dropped in because people were packed. It was a massive crowd of people. It was so good, and people, yeah. all the comics did well. It was a hot night, and I kept saying, "Hey, listen." I'd go up. I go, "If you're enjoying this, all the comics you've seen so far, we're here every week. You know, you can see us anytime." And the next week was maybe the emptiest that it had ever been. Yeah. It was like they just really wanted to let me know, hey, we're not going to be coming back every week, okay? Right. right. Don't count. But, you know, just so people understand what this bar was. I mean, this bar was called the Upper Deck Tavern. They had a the, the bathroom smell. I mean, the whole place smelled like urine. Uh, and, and you had to like, they was always burning incense in there to -hmm. cover that smell. And the bathroom didn't lock. There was a toilet and a urinal and it didn't lock. No, Uh, I mean, the toilet wasn't even on any foundation. The toilet was, you know, so it's the kind of thing you sit on and you're afraid the whole thing's going to tip. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. And then it was just a real dirty bar. I remember one time I was there after I quit drinking and I was just standing there talking to some people and I could see people at the bar and all these people did a shot and this girl, she does the shot, and then she's kind of got her hands on the bar, and she puts her head down and oh, just wow. kind of throws up around her feet and then just kind of goes on about her business. I did that a couple times in Charleston. Did you? Yeah. Not a Depper Day, <laughs> but at a couple other places. That's funny. I said to my yeah. friend, I go, that girl over there just threw yeah. up. She goes, she looks at me, she goes, yeah, I just threw up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Okay. <laughs> so you did that a couple of times, huh? Yeah, I mean, I used to. I mean, when I was in college, I uh, I didn't drink a lot in college, but I mean, definitely towards the end there, I uh, I would have go out have too much, and it, it would actually never. But even you would be throw a, up at the bar like that around your feet. That happened one time. Oh, that only yeah. happened once. Anybody see you? No, it was at home. You remember home on King Street, the ping pong bar? Uh, yeah, I remember hearing about it. But. Yeah, 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 because I. Uh, well, because at the time I was drinking IPAs. I never liked them. And they just, they're so heavy on your stomach that I would throw up, not even from like being too drunk, but from like a, like an 8% IPA that just yeah, is just like full. too, yeah, I'm just full. I got yeah. a tiny little, you know, frame over here. I can't yeah. handle it, you know? So. Yeah. So let's talk about some other shows though. Yeah. We did this show at the place called the Hippodrome. Yeah. The Hippodrome used to be this movie theater. I remember seeing like some 3D wildlife movie. I thought I saw Superman there one time in yeah. 3D. I saw Star Wars there in 3D, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty massive place. Totally. But so, the theater shut down, and so they started doing stand-up shows there. Yeah. And uh, it all started because uh, I was... I was I ended up joining a fraternity in college. I ended up joining A.E. Pi, the Jewish fraternity. Um, I ended up putting on a philanthropy event at Theater 99 that did really well. Like most of the time they would put on charity events for the fraternity and they would lose money, Yeah, you know, all for a good time. And I actually produced an event where we ended up like actually having money to donate to the charity. Big time. So they were like, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. So we're like, let's find a venue. And um, yeah, the Hippodrome, this IMAX theater at the South, at the South Carolina Aquarium. Yeah. Yeah. Closed down. They turned it into a performing art space and we just started putting on comedy shows there. The guy who, Andrew Walker, he's the guy who took over as their director of programming. He ran the Jailbreak Festival as well, which is kind of how we got connected. And But I think the first event I ever did at the Hippodrome wasn't even a comedy show. It was Andrew 
let my fraternity throw a Super Bowl party at the IMAX theater. Oh, wow. So we turned the Super Bowl on, watched it on an IMAX screen, and we just like played beer pong in the lobby. And he just, you know, he was like, he just asked for like a set, a set amount of money. And he was like, whoever wants to come can come. He was just trying to like secure guaranteed money any way he could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we did a show one time that you you put together i th- i believe you put it together and it was uh we had all we have a poster of all the names but it was Joe Tory right yes yeah oh my gosh Joe Tory and um funny man mcgriff yeah and then there was one other guy funny man mcgriff joe tory i'm trying to remember who the other guy was joe yeah. polowski something, something like, like, that. like that yeah, yeah. and uh well, yeah well skidoo cape skidoo K put that show on. Okay. Yeah, it was, well, one of the, it was a grown and sexy well, the show. poster, you know, it's uh, it's so funny. It's three black guys. They're the main ones of the show. And then you see me and Evan in kind of the background of the poster. And, uh, and I don't know. We were just the openers, you know, but it was fun. It was fun for us. They drew a pretty good crowd. Yeah. Not a huge crowd, but they did a pretty good crowd. And I remember being up there telling these jokes. I had this one joke, and people would always read the joke all wrong. Uh, because when I was growing up, there used to be this, uh, there was this jail in my dad's town in Lafette, Alabama. And in this jail, there was always people outside playing basketball. That was all they could do outside was play basketball. So I had this joke where I would say, um, you know, I don't like to run. Matter of fact, if you see me running, I appreciate if you'd stop and pick me up. I'm probably in some kind of trouble. And then I would say, um, uh, well, I forget the other one. It was, um, it was, uh, hey man, you want to go lift weights? Oh no, boxing. Uh, boxing boxing yeah, was the yeah. second one. I said, do you, you want to box? I said, oh no. Matter of fact, if you see me boxing, I appreciate if you'd stop and break that up. I'm probably in some kind of trouble. And then the old one was basketball. They would say, you want to play basketball? And I'd say, nah, man, I don't want to play basketball. Matter of fact, if you see me playing basketball, I appreciate if you'd stop and try to bail me out of jail, right? <laughs> and every, I'm definitely in some kind of trouble. But everyone would view that all the wrong ways. And, I, and, and they would make it out to be a race thing and i was like oh i'm just i'm just talking about my experience and i felt like people in jail only play basketball so i changed it to lifting weights and it still accomplishes the same goal without people thinking those things but i was doing those jokes at this show which was a mostly black audience and i'm up there and i i do the running joke it crushes i mean it is hot I do the boxing joke. Boom, another big hit. I do the basketball joke, complete silence. And I go, oh, yeah, I didn't like that, huh? And this lady yells at, no, you messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But it was so fun, though. Yeah, that was a good one. We did two shows that night at the Hippodrome. I don't know if you remember that. It ended up being two shows. Just a long night. Yeah, the second one was not good, right? No, no. I remember that Joe guy had a had a great joke. He goes, "Who promoted this show? Hush Hush Productions." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember, like, I think it was like a seven and a nine thirty show, and the seven o'clock show was still going on at like eight fifty, and people were walking in for it. I'm yeah. like, what is happening out here? I feel like we even said one of us said, like, if you're like late. Like, if we didn't start late, you've showed up so late that you missed the show. <laughs> the show would have been over. Yeah. yeah. So then you, you mentioned Jailbreak, and you did. Yeah. That was a thing you hosted for a few years. What was that all about? Yeah, so Jailbreak was um, was 
a indie music and arts festival in Charleston. One of the coolest things that happened at the old city jail, downtown Charleston on magazine street. They do ghost tours. there. really old haunted structure. It looks like a castle. Um, but they would do a music and arts festival there. And, um, actually my, my girlfriend, Mary Alice showed art there, um, a couple of times in the early, like jailbreak one and two, I think. Um, and then right around jailbreak four, I just had a conversation with Andrew Walker, the guy who ran it. And I was like, yeah, we should do a comedy room. You know, there's a good comedy scene here. And, uh, and so he let us do it. And, um, man, the comedy room at jailbreak ended up becoming one of the biggest, it took over, like it took over. It absolutely took over. It was, um, it was cool. It was so cool. It was cool because there were just so many people that probably would never come to a comedy show in Charleston that were able to see what the comedy scene was up to, see how individuals were standing out and building their own kind of names and reputations. And um, I don't know, in the back of my mind, while we were doing those jailbreaks, I always had it like, one day people are going to talk about the comedians that they saw at jailbreak. They're going to be like, I remember seeing that guy in a tiny room packed in with 60 people back when do you think they do i think they do now okay i think i think there's some people you know we uh we did some cool stuff well jailbreak was really fun i mean i remember having some good shows um but i I just remember that room being hot but i also had some questionable shows Uh, i had a lady basically an old lady like kind of heckle me the whole time one year why did you host one year yeah the hosting uh, well the hosting that year something happened with the timing where it was like there was no break in between. It was just like a continuous, like it was like hours long. Yeah. just kept going, and yeah. it was hot, and uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, oftentimes with with shows like that, we want we put our friends up, and we want to give them we give everybody twenty minutes or something, and they really need five. Right, <laughs> they can't do twenty, and so it really drags it out. Well, the first two years, I think, were great because it yeah. was it was like I got to choose who I wanted to do it, people that could do the 15, 20, 25-minute long set, and yeah. it was like that. As the years went on, definitely became more of like a, how do we include everybody yeah. into this kind of thing. Uh, which yeah, so everybody got a spot, and everybody doesn't yeah. deserve a spot. No. You know what I mean? Like totally. some people are like, I never get booked on that show, and it's like, well, there's a reason, you know? Totally. It's like you gotta you gotta work it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta be working it. Yeah. But jailbreak was huge in terms of us, I'd say like getting some attention and recognition from like the local art scene. Yeah. Know? I feel like comics are always like uh we're always like trying to be like, Hey, 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 we're artists too, guys. Mm-hmm. Put us in stuff. Think of us when you think of art. Totally. We're really, because they think we're just up there talking, but that's the hardest stuff. But then we were also focused on getting out there on the road. I mean, I remember we did that show at William and Mary. Um, Well, well, well on that, like, let's, let's before, like, uh, you were head of a fraternity or whatever. Right. And it seems like, yeah. And that doesn't really seem like who you are. Yeah. I, uh, I was president of the Jewish fraternity at college of Charleston. I didn't even want to join the fraternity, if I'm being honest. Uh, But my freshman year, my freshman year, first semester when everybody was pledging and all that stuff, I I didn't really do any of that. Um, And I kind of saw all of the other young Jewish men that were pledging. And I was like, I'm good right now. And I was doing comedy. I was like, this is what I want to do. And then my second semester, um, 
the rush chair of the Jewish fraternity invited me to a party and he was like, dude, just come meet the guys. It's low pressure. You don't have to, it's just come hang out, meet everybody. I'm like, cool. So I go, I'm at this party and, uh, and then the, the like president and the rush chair are like, Hey, do you mind coming upstairs real quick? And I'm like, sure. So I go upstairs, they take me into a room, all the lights are off. There's like a, there's candles lit. Oh, jeez. And they're like, we officially want to offer you a bid to join, you know, this fraternity. And I was like, well, this isn't low pressure. No, yeah, you don't need like, these candles. I got, I got I'll kinda, tell you yeah, that. yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. My big uh, reservation at the time was more like, I don't want to rush a fraternity if I can't do comedy. I want to be able to do the mics, do the shows. I felt like at the time, like I, this is what I want to do, and I'm not gonna let a fraternity like stop me from doing that. And luckily, the guy who was my uh, pledge master, the guy who oversaw my whole pledge process, guy Andrew London, amazing dude. At the time, he was completely sober, um, and was all about, you know, if you want to be sober, be sober. We're not gonna make you do anything that you don't want to do. And, um, and he basically told Other me. Other than coming to a room with lit candles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he wasn't involved in that. He's, <laughs> okay. he's the next part of the process. Okay. But he basically uh, was like, we're not going to stop you from doing comedy, so you can make it all happen. Um, so I ended up joining. They the really fraternity. wanted you in the club. So I ended up joining the fraternity. The next year, I put on that comedy show at Deer 99, which was a philanthropy event. And in a way, I wasn't really thinking about the fraternity. I was more thinking of, like, how can I put on a comedy show and, and get people to come and secure a sellout? Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I'll rent this room. I'll say it's a fundraiser for my fraternity, which it was. All my fraternity will come. They'll bring their people. Things sold out. It was it was pretty amazing. Um, and then after that, they were like, we want you to be president. Basically, I w didn't want to run, but all of the seniors, the guys that were about to leave for the year, uh, were basically, they met with me. It was, it was all very political, uh, but they were like- we, Candles this time or no? No candles. Okay. It was, it was just a lunch at Liberty. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, the dining hall on campus, but they were like, we want you to, we, we as the seniors right now, the people that are currently running the fraternity that are about to leave, we think you should run for president and we'll support you. So I did. Um, and again, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, this, this, this can also help get people to comedy shows, you know? Yeah, now you can force them to come. Exactly. Um, and and, and yeah. you did, you were very good at bringing people to comedy shows. Yeah, and people came. Uh, the show we did at the Hippodrome, one of the, sh not that show, but a different show we did at the Hippodrome was, was through my fraternity. Um, and then, yeah, I would go to these like. Oh, I remember that one. That was with. Uh, Mario Torre. Yeah. A lot of Tories. A lot of Tories, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would go to these, like, conferences, these fraternity conferences. And while I was there, I would talk to all these guys that go to these other schools. And I would try and convince them, like, hey, I put on a fundraiser for my fr fraternity at my college. I should come. Let's come do it at yours. Let's come do it at yours. And I would try and pitch oh, yeah. it. And actually, one school did bite on that on that offer for us to come. Yeah. For me to come do a fundraiser. And, and, and this was after... We got that show after you, because I quit drinking, and then I was mm -hmm. about to quit comedy. I was really considering not doing comedy, but I had already agreed to do your comedy contest at the Hippodrome. 
yeah. or something you were putting Parade on. Parade of Fools. Parade of Fools, yeah. And so I did that, and then I won that, and I was so pumped. I was like, all right, I'll keep doing it. Yeah. And then shortly after, we got this gig. Yeah, it was at William and Mary College in, uh, what was it, Williamsburg, yeah. Virginia. I, I think this trip was the day that I started my Instagram account. If you go to my Instagram, the first images are us at William and Mary. Oh, okay. It's that wow. image of you uh, with the cannon. Yeah. Yeah, classic yeah, photo. I'll have to throw that one up for yeah, the yeah. folks to see. Um, but yeah, we went and did William and Mary College. They had an AE pie there. We we went and we did a comedy night. I think we drove what like seven or eight hours. It was it's a quite a little trip. Long yeah. Drive. Um, and we had secured a little bit of money, but we didn't really secure a place to stay. Well, we they were told just like, us they were going to give us a place to stay. Yeah. As far as I knew. They told us that we could sleep at the fraternity house. Yes. Is what yeah. they told us. And we... But after the show, the, they were having a party. Yeah, they threw a party. Well, because we crushed. The show was great. It was a good show. It was show. an awesome time. I think everyone was... One of the fraternity brothers did time before us, so everyone was stoked for him. The guy that, like, opened... Um, and yeah, they threw a full on party at the fraternity house and we, there was no place for us to sleep. Yeah. They were like here, it, but it was like, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, if I were still drinking, uh, it would have been great. Go back to the frat house and go have some drinks, but I was not drinking. So I was like, I was ready to get out of there. So th th these were my people. Yeah. College Jews. Frat. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm where I belong right now. Yeah. And I'm just hanging out, sipping water. <laughs> You know, I, would, I didn't even have cigars back then. At least now I'd have gone out on the porch and had a cigar. Yeah. Uh, but but so these other guys let us stay at their place. Yeah. These two guys were like, you know what? You can stay at our place. So they just gave us a key or yeah. however. They told us how to get in. So we go there and we and I was not really doing weed at the time, but um, we got there. Evan had some. We put on a movie. He gets on one couch. I get on the other. We're like basically down in our underwear inside some sleeping bags, ready to watch a movie. I take a little toke. Evan takes a couple of tokes. And we're like, we're like settling in. We, we had a great night, great show. Like this was like our first, like we got paid pretty well for a charity event for our first comedy. Like we were just like, wow. Yeah. It felt like we had just gotten away with like something. It felt good. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we're going to watch some of this movie, but we'll just fall asleep watching it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we hear the door and the two guys come home that hope live in the place. They come home with two girls. And I've always thought, and I think that you disagree with this, but I've always thought that those guys brought those girls home and forgot they told us we could stay there. <laughs> no, see, I, I, I think I'm reading the situation completely different. I think that those dudes were bragging to those girls that were like, you know those comedians we saw tonight? They're at our apartment right now. We oh. could go hang out with them right now. And maybe that was my, like, at the time, overinflated ego, thinking that they thought that we were that cool. Yeah. Um, I thought in their mind, they're like, no, let's go back and hang out with those comics. Maybe they'll just talk at us some more and make us laugh. And I, either way. Because, uh, because when they got back, they sat on the couch with us. Right. And watched and, and what, like, like we had to, had to yeah. shimmy our bodies up in the sleeping yeah. bags, shirtless and just make room. 
Yeah, like they sat down in a way that like they didn't notice we were laying down. <laughs> and we had to like slowly come to the realization yeah. that they weren't going away. Yeah. And we had to sit up and we watched that whole movie. Neither of and they kept they were talking. None of us wanted to watch the no. movie. We just putting on something to pass yeah. out to. Yeah. Well, because both of us also had shows the next day. Yeah. Um, oh, you had a show. I had a show with Afro Man. Yeah, you're opening for I was, Afro Man. I was Man. opening for hip hop superstar Afro Man. Yeah. And you were do I think doing a stand up get down or something. Maybe so. Yeah. I just remember we went to a Shoney's that day. Yeah. That morning. Breakfast buffet. Yeah. And uh and I remember going to get like a pancake or something out of the pan and they took it and then put a fresh one in. But I just remember thinking, wow, you just threw away what I was about to eat. Yeah. Like like with the food I was you're like, this is trash. <laughs> Don't eat this. It's so funny though, that Shoney's feels like yesterday. The show and the the thing with the people, that feels like forever ago. But for whatever reason, that meal at Shoney's kind of oh, feels yeah. like yesterday. Well, it's like I feel like just feel like we were like so pumped because we had somewhere in our childhood good memories of a Shoney's breakfast buffet. Yeah. And that's long gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was, you know, 10 years ago, and it was long gone then. Yeah. All right, so let's um, talk about, let's end with talking about some seaside stuff. Yeah. So, you know, later on down the road, after William and Mary, me and you started doing this radio show, uh, yeah. internet radio show called... Uh, the Three-Hour Comedy Hour. Yeah, Three-Hour Comedy Hour, and for kinetic hi-fi, mm -hmm. uh, some kind of internet radio you go down in west ashley to this weird little house and we would sit in this room and they had it all set up and uh and we would just talk on the radio it's basically like before podcasts were a thing yeah that's basically what we were doing but for three hours two nights a week when well, we didn't realize what we had we could have been recording a podcast that whole time i know we had perfect audio perfect equipment i know uh, we had no idea what we had because we were just concerned about people listening on the radio i wish we had those recordings now i'd love <laughs> to put some of those out just a lot of us being like uh just a lot of us giggling yeah yeah well especially Especially on a Tuesday. Tuesday, I would work at Hyman's, and I was only riding a bike back then. Yeah, I so I was that. working at Hyman's, and then I would bike down to the Mellow Mushroom, where I would host trivia for two hours, and then after that, I would bike down to the radio station, where we would host this until one a.m. from yeah. eleven p.m. to one a.m. I think it was ten p.m. to one a.m. Yeah, the three-hour comedy hour. And uh, I mean, I'd be biking home at one a.m. But it was great, though. Yeah, we had some I was in really in. good shape. Back and then. yeah, and that was just fun because it gave us something to do. We brought comics on. We yeah. uh, it was next to a Freemason lodge, and they would have parties late at night that we would just probably a lot of candles lit like, in a room. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that life, you know. But the um, yeah, we had um, a, a roast. We tried to do a roast battle of the two worst comics in town. Yeah, and and then we really built it up. We actually had a lot of viewers that night relative to the other nights and it was awful i don't know why we thought it'd be good we thought the two worst comics roasting each other it was would be ace funny. allen versus kevin yeah Jared. yeah <laughs> but they were never good at writing jokes so you know ace allen messaged me the other day he said he's he, he tried comedy again for the first time he used his real name i won't say his real name but he yeah. used his real name and uh yeah, I really wanted to do, we did a real build up of the return of Ace Allen at one show. I mean, it was like, I wanted to do I love Ace Allen, a man. documentary 
on the return of Ace Allen. I wanted to do like a mockumentary. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so while we were doing that, you got. Um, I got hooked up with Taylor Gates. Taylor Gates. Yeah. yeah a guy, very Gates. nice guy who's done very well for himself. But I'll just make fun of him a little bit here. When he, when we first did these seaside shows, he's driving us down there and he goes, get ready to quit your jobs, guys. I'm about to hook you up. I mean, he had a whole plan. I don't know what his plan was, but he was going to. We were about to be professional comedians. Yeah. So my buddy Taylor, I mean, there were so many people that were like, you got to meet this guy, Taylor. He does stuff. You do things like you guys got to connect. So I met with Taylor and he was just a guy who had so many ideas at the time. His was working on some sort of gluten-free, sugar-free liquor that like his mom, who's a nutritionist, had just kind of created. He was building his own businesses, all this kind of crazy stuff. But he was like, Yo, dude, my family uh, goes down to Seaside, Florida every summer. 30A. 30A. If you're familiar with that. If you don't know Seaside, it's 30A, right in between Destin, Panama City. It's where they filmed The Truman Show. Yes. Um, And uh, cool little utopia town, resort town. Um, But he was like, we go down there every year. They have a small little black box theater. They're never doing anything comedy for adults, it's all very for the kids. It's all very bro- show play type thing. He's like, I think that they could, they could rally around some comedy. So I was like, let's try it out. Why not? I mean, we were doing anything and everything, and we were like, worst case scenario, we get to go down to this beautiful beach town in Florida and hang out for a few days. So we go, and we, I guess Taylor's family has been going down there a very long time. I think they were renting like the biggest house in Seaside. Right I on think the it was the biggest. It was very nice. <laughs> so we get there. Three stories, I think, with a rooftop. Yeah. We get yeah. there and we're immediately like, oh, this is this is where we're at. Um, yeah. And I just remember our room was, because uh, we were staying with Taylor's we family. We got there on like a Friday and our show was Sunday. Yeah. So we had a couple of days to hang. Yeah. And uh, we were staying with Taylor and his family. They were very gracious to let us stay. But we ended up staying in the, the the room at the bottom of the house, the basement room for the kids with the, like, child's bunk beds in there. And it was yeah. me, you, and Vince. We were, like. in our own little bunk bed. Yeah, yeah. We were, like, the help yeah. there. We had that kind of bunking situation going on. Um, but I just, I just remember Taylor's family being very uh, interested in us. And skeptical. Yeah. Like, we had a dinner, a family dinner with all of them. Aunt Susan, Yeah, Uncle I mean, they had, they had lobster or yeah. crab legs and, and steak. And, I mean, this was back when I was eating pork and shellfish, and I was getting into it. But they, I just remember them asking us questions like, so how long have I been doing comedy? Like, what, what, what do you, you know, like, they, I don't know, they were just asking us all of these questions we didn't really have answers to. Yeah, they were really interrogating us in a way like we were there to date their daughters. Yeah. You know, um, but I was into it. I mean, at the time I had won the Charleston comedy competition and I was feeling very confident about my comedy and we were just hanging out down there. I mean, 38's got all these, they had, they had a cool coffee shop. They had all these, and we'd not work the road very much at all. Yeah. They had all these, uh, food trucks out there and not really food trucks. I think they were pretty stationary. Yeah. Uh, then the nice beach and it was, the whole thing was really great. And then that Sunday we had two shows. And we packed them out, man. I mean, people were sitting up in... They oversold the show. They oversold it. I mean, it was packed. And those shows were hot. Yeah. 
and we chased that dragon for the next <laughs> four or five years, man. I just remember we thought like, oh my gosh, like we oversold. We can come back every year, 4th of July, and it's going to be a sellout. I remember the next year we got, we did a photo shoot to do a poster. Yeah. And those photos actually turned out really great. They were great. Uh, the next I, year we did like five shows and we were charging like $20. <laughs> and I just remember we pull up to the first show of the weekend and we're like, how are ticket sales? So they're like, we haven't sold a, show, a ticket for tonight because the first show we were going to do was a 10 p.m. show. Yeah. And it's just, you know, everyone's in bed by then. It was just the people that worked at the theater at the show. Yeah. So it's, the second time we went back, our first show, uh, the first show, no one came and we just performed for the theater. Staff. But it was one of the most fun times. It rained the whole time and yeah. we were staying this time. You know, this time we didn't have Taylor Gates family to stay with. Right. So we were staying at the... Um, at the apartment that they had for the other actors of mm -hmm. the theater. So they just let us stay with them for the week and it rained the whole time. And we just played cards and video games and, uh, people drank and, uh, it was a really great time. Yeah. I loved it. Our shows were awful. Yeah. We had virtually no one show up. <laughs> I remember that guy kept heckling me. I was like, you think you can do this better? And I got him to come down on stage and I think he was doing all right. Yeah. You know? And it was like, well, I was like, all right, it, go sit back down. Though. Well, and you know, there's there's always the age old you can't. That's a bell you can't unring oh, story yeah. with Seaside, which I feel like. Yeah, I don't think we should tell the joke that you told, but you told told. There was like kids there. Yeah, there were kids. So one one year they were like, "Can y'all do family friendly?" And we're just saying yes to everything. Yeah, yeah, whatever you need us to do, just let us do a show. And so we're like, "Yeah, we can do family friendly," and. um but we, I don't know, maybe y'all had intentions of doing family-friendly. I don't know what my intentions were. My yeah, intentions I mean, were to just fit, you know. I mean, my, my stuff's always been pretty clean. I don't like to say family-friendly because I like to talk about adult subjects, and I don't want to subject kids to that. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you were, you know, early 20s. You're just partying down there, and it's like you're, like, letting loose. Yeah, so I had a, I had a bit at the time where I, I, I had – I had received an accidental Facebook message from someone that I knew from high school, basically giving me all of the details for my adult movie scene that I would be doing. He sent the which you weren't doing which I the wasn't scene. Doing the scene, he sent this Facebook message to the wrong person, and so you know the guy accidentally sends me this message, and then he immediately sends me another message, dude. I am so sorry that was not for you. Hope you're well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was doing this bit at the time where I was um, basically ha having an audience member read this Facebook message to me, to the audience, into the microphone. Just some audience engagement, trying and to it break was, up the set. And it was more detailed than what we're doing right now. And it now. was more detailed. It was very graphic, very vulgar, giving me instructions on what to do to make sure that I could last the entire scene. Very graphic stuff, you know? And... Uh, and there was this father in the audience with his kids. I feel and, sorry for those kids to this day. And I had the father read the message, and um, and I, I, it was, it was, it was one of my, which know, is hilarious for a twenty-year-old president of the Jewish fraternity in town. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy said to you after the show, he goes, "Well, 
not even after the show, in the middle of the show, they left right after I got off stage. Oh, yeah. They got up and walked, and on their way out, they said to uh, Brooke, the guy who runs the venue, well, that's a bell you can't unring. Oh, and, uh, and they, st- But, hey, they still invited us back year after year. Or we invited ourselves back year after they year. Allowed year after year. They allowed us to come. And then they obliged. Yeah. But it, it, the sales never were as good as that first time. We never could hit the mark again. We tried yeah. all kinds of things. We street team, just us walking around this beach town in black t-shirts. Just yeah. looking like bla- jeans and black t-shirts. Like people be like, who are these guys? Yeah. And we uh, took everyone down there. Every, every time we did a tour, Hannah went down there. Jordan Jensen went down there. Derek Humphrey went yeah. down there. We, yeah, we did. I Danny mean, Green went down there. Yeah, we took everyone down yeah, there. Yeah, me and Danny went just one time before. But yeah, a lot of people went. We did yeah. one. Me, It was me, Evan, and Vince Fabra. They were the original three. Mm-hmm. And then we took we took Derek one year. And then we took Hannah one year. Mm-hmm. And then one year, Vince couldn't do it. The last year just was me, you, and Jordan Jensen. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the, and we did an interview. Maybe we'll throw up a clip on that. In this oh, day. that interview was great. I've been wanting to try to get that off the internet to use that because it's really <laughs> funny. A local radio station had us in, and it was just this This guy was real kind of hacky of a guy. And we were just, you know, trying to promote our shows, but none of us were experienced with radio. I could do much better job on that interview now than I did <laughs> yeah. back then, but we didn't know what we were doing, man. No. Uh, and that's really great. So, yeah. all right. So, where can yeah. people find your, uh, your special, your yeah. album? Yeah. So, the album, uh, can be found everywhere except spotify right now okay i looked Uh, for you on spotify the other day yeah uh maybe i'll get it on spotify at some point spotify has some weird rules with spoken word albums right now some weird requirements but it's everywhere it's amazon apple music it's on youtube um it's on title um yeah it's basically everywhere but if you want to listen to the album uh for free uh it's all on youtube and then the special. And then the spe- if you're going to go to YouTube to listen to it, you yeah. might as well go ahead and watch totally. it. Totally. Just go ahead and watch it. Listen to the album when you're on a road trip. Um, but even if you're going to listen to the album on a road trip, listen to it through the YouTube link for the yeah. special. And um, it's not I wouldn't it's not a clean album. It's not filthy, but it's not a clean album. So just, you know, be aware of that. It, it doesn't yeah. just, you know, I know a lot of listeners uh, probably will not be into some of the stuff on there. Um, and But I find it to be, I think it's a really fun album. I really enjoyed it. There's some stuff in there that really makes me laugh out loud. Yeah, and you know me, like I've never wanted to be dirty. I try not to veer dirty. It is just kind of, you know, I come, you've met my family. You've met my some of the characters that I talk about. Yeah. Um, I am very much a tame version of some of the comedic minds that I come from. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his uncle Charlie, uh, I've met him. He, 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 he almost, almost got a, got our show canceled one time in Atlanta. We were doing a place that called the dad. No, the it was basement theater, the basement theater. And it's a kind of a, I did a few shows there. I really liked it, but it's a little rickety down there. And uncle Charlie shows up and he's like, uh, he's like, I'm the fire marshal. And a lot of this stuff's not up to code. And they started freaking out. I got a text from from the guy who ran the club because he wasn't there. He was getting messages from his bartender like, "Yo, your uncle's threatening to shut down the show. Do we do we need to cancel?" Yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah." He yeah. learned his lesson that night. 
And then your 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 dad was being real dad like at a bar in East Nashville just out of COVID when they were still pretty into COVID uh, in this bar. And your dad was making a lot of jokes, just really harmless jokes. But in 2020, uh, yeah, could be considered violence. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it was just and I, had, you know, I'd hit a little bit of the weed that night yeah. and I was like pretty uncomfortable yeah, and yeah. uh and i'd never really been that uncomfortable with your dad before but it was pretty funny yeah because your dad was like i don't care right and totally uh, so all right so you're on uh social media at evan burke yeah at evan burke burke uh, burke is b-e-r-k-e i spell mm-hmm. it because every show we've done people spell it wrong yeah whether it's the first name they're spelling even or their last name they're spelling with a u yeah yeah it's evan e-v-a-n b-e-r-k-e uh, that's my Instagram. That's my Twitter. Um, you got a show coming up? Yeah. So I, I am doing, uh, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. I'm oh, doing yeah. that the first weekend, uh, of October, which I'm really looking forward to. All right. Um, yeah. Friday, October 6th doing Asheville. Um, and in the meantime, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Atlanta for a little bit. My mom's having some hip replacement surgery. All right. So I'm going to just make sure that she's doing her exercises up and moving. Yeah. So that, that'll be my September. All right. Um, but yeah, go check out that special. Maybe do some spots while you're in Atlanta. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'll be doing spots in Atlanta. I always post on Instagram yeah. whenever I do a show on my on my stories. All right. Well, I got, I, you know, in, in September, I'll just, I'm going to go, I'm going to do uh, Tacoma, Washington, Spoke. Can Washington. I don't know if it's Spokane or Spokane. 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 See, I always thought Spokane, but I feel like everybody's saying Spokane now. Mandela effect type stuff. Yeah. And then I'll be in Appleton, Wisconsin. That'll be my September, along with uh, a show at Zany's on September 5th. So come check that out. All right, Evan. Well, thank you for coming in here. Thank you, man. Um, and, and thank you uh, for all of the years of friendship support encouragement you know man to, yeah, uh, you hosted that first open mic i ever did and uh man i just gotta say one of the things that made me want to do comedy was i went and saw dane cook do a do a theater tour he did it in the round and phillips arena my senior year of high school um and when i saw you do bridgestone in the round oh yeah i just had this this weird kind of moment of like oh man this is super cool because oh, one of yeah. the things that wanted me to do it made me want to do it was seeing dane cook do it i was like this seems like a life that i want so then to see one of my good buddies do uh kind of the same thing but at a very high level breaking the attendance record all that stuff man awesome yeah so well thank you moments like that inspire me well i me appreciate going. that so i yeah. still give all that credit to nate but um it is very cool to do that show. Yeah, totally. It was very cool to yeah. be up there, and uh, it went by so fast. I mean, it is, uh, and I was happy you were there because it is wild to to be on this journey. Uh, you know, you've you've seen me at the upper deck hosting the open mic, being a drunken mess, driving you home drunk. <laughs> Uh, could have killed you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and now, uh, you know, we're able to do good things and put out specials and things like that. And your specials growing by, you know, uh, a couple of thousand every day. It's crazy. Uh, a few thousand every day. It's amazing to see. I love seeing it. I'm just glad people are watching it. That's yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it's Thanks, called, Dusty. uh, Evan Burke twice removed. Uh, check it out. Very funny. 
Um, all right, Evan Burke, we're having a good time. Thank you.